0: Hey, this is Tim, and you're listening to If That Makes Sense. Today's topic requires a little bit of a disclaimer. We're talking about Lent. First of all, if you're familiar with that word, you might be thinking, isn't that a Catholic thing? Well, yes, it does have its roots in the Catholic tradition and also the Greek Orthodox tradition, but Lent as a practice in the Christian church is adopted by a lot of Protestant denominations. The Lenten season is traditionally a fast that goes for the 46-ish days before Easter, And it's not commanded anywhere in scripture, it has biblical principles to it, but like anything that isn't commanded in scripture, well, it's totally voluntary for believers today. And even if you don't plan on formally observing Lent this year, or if even you don't believe in that, That's perfectly fine. We're going to be talking about a lot more than just that today. We're basically just a bunch of young Christians getting together, talking about how we can better prepare our hearts for receiving the truth of the gospel afresh this Easter season. I think you're going to like our conversation today. You're listening to If That Makes Sense, the Family Life original podcast about what life is really like as a Christian in your 20s. My name's Tim, and I work in Family Life's radio production department.
1: I'm Mary, and I work with Tim in the radio production department. I'm Trinity. I'm Tim's wife, but I work in the events department.
2: And I'm Mike. I work in the performing arts and events departments.
0: So here we are. Um, each of us, a bunch of uh, Protestants with varying degrees of familiarity (laughs) with Lent. Uh, It's something relatively new for me in my adult life. And our first question we're just going to open up for sharing on today is what's all of your own personal experience in the past with Lent, if any?
1: So I really didn't become very familiar with Lent until after I married Tim because it was not a tradition in my family. We never really practiced it growing up. Um, So it was something I kind of learned from Tim and his mom, Pam, um, and I didn't participate in it for the first time until a few years ago when I decided that I wanted to do a social media fast, which was pretty life-changing, I think I can say, Um, and it's actually something that has continued with me in the sense that it kind of broke this addiction I had with social media And so taking that break um, for the 40 plus days, you know, it was really hard at first because I quickly realized I'm picking up my phone all the time and I don't even realize it because it's just second nature to me now. And I was just wasting so many, I want to say minutes, but realistically, it was probably more like hours a day looking at my phone, looking at just dumb things that really didn't matter (laughs) To be really fun. I'm sorry, for those of you who listen to this, I always talk about how much I hate social media, but <laughs> all, that, all that aside, I just, you know, I just didn't manage my time well, and I just spent too much of it on social media. So my first time participating in Lent, I took a break from Facebook and Instagram, and I came out of that, and I just felt so, um, I don't know, I guess relieved would be a good word for it, and, and almost free. Um, because it did break this habit that I had, you know, and, you know, more than that, I had more focused time with the Lord during Lent. And when I was reading my Bible, I wasn't tempted to be looking at my phone as often. Um, And so that was just a pretty incredible experience for me. And even today, it's just something that stuck with me where I, I don't really hold on to social media quite as tightly as I used to.
0: What I love about that is that Social media, per se, in itself, it's not a bad thing. You can, <laughs> you're you making a face. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It often goes bad, true. But like, what I mean to say is, with Lent, or with any spiritual discipline, something you voluntarily choose to do for a time, it's not necessarily about getting rid of something bad. We should probably be doing that anyways. We're oftentimes just choosing to give up something that might be very well a good thing, But when we give it up, we could see maybe how a good thing became a bad thing. Something that was perfectly innocent maybe became more of almost like you mentioned an addiction of sorts. So
2: my experience with Lent growing up is in in our church, we definitely recognized Lent. And I would say I probably didn't really understand what it was all about. I saw it sort of as the, I guess the counterpart to Advent. Advent comes before Christmas and Lent comes before Easter, and Advent and Lent are to get us ready for Christmas and Easter, but I don't really know what that means. All I know is when Lent comes around, that means my Easter basket is coming soon. <laughs> so so we recognized it, but didn't really do anything as far as giving things up or, or diving into the significance of that. I, I think I always sort of looked at that as something other people do who need to give things up because they don't have any (laughs) self-control. So they give up these things like sugar and candy for 40 days to learn self-control or something like that. But I definitely (laughs) didn't understand what Lent was all about. But my Easter basket was coming. (laughs) (laughs) Do you still get an Easter basket? I still get an Easter basket in the mail from my mom not the easter bunny there Um, you go you have that right yeah
1: it's good that you acknowledge Mm. that
2: yeah it's peanut butter eggs always Mm. oh so good
0: Mm. we had snickers crosses with our names on them my grandma would cut snickers in half and make them make a cross out of them held together by toothpicks and write your name and icing on it Wow. treasured memory amazing memory wow i only
3: got an easter basket once it was for my grandparents and I think Mom hid some of the candy and ate it herself. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <That's so sad. laughs>
3: it just wasn't it wasn't just it just wasn't a part of of the celebration um for my family, but for me, my family we we recognized Lent, um sort of like Mike was saying, like preparing for Easter, like Advent is for Christmas. Uh, sometimes we would observe it. We'd be like, okay, so what did you decide to do for Lent this year? And I remember especially one uh, year, my whole family decided to not watch any movies or TV or anything, which was, it was hard, yeah. but it was it was hard, but it wasn't as hard as I think it would be if I did that now. Um, because <laughs> my family, we didn't have a TV, so movies were really a special thing. We would do it like once a week or something like that. So, but yeah, that that's sort of my experience with it. I'm from somewhat familiar with it. I've done it a few times.
0: Based on how much we all talked about sugar, and I wouldn't ask anybody to speak publicly about what they may or may not have chosen to fast from, but I'm just <laughs> sort of wondering now if everybody's having cravings or something. Lent is just a it's a spiritual discipline and it's one among many and even that phrase spiritual discipline can sound unfamiliar to us all spiritual discipline means is something you do for your spiritual health like we have physical disciplines reading the bible is a spiritual discipline prayer is a spiritual discipline so there's a lot of examples of these of things like lent like fasts in the bible and these are things that we can pick up and do in our own lives what outside of lent maybe are some examples of spiritual disciplines you've seen other people practice or have been beneficial in your own life?
1: Well, um, the church that I attend, we started to do a Bible reading plan a few years ago. It was a two-year plan to read through the entire Bible. I had always struggled with reading my Bible on a regular basis. It was something I didn't like, and I just... I just really struggled with it. I felt so discouraged about it. And so when our church introduced this new plan, I was just really excited and and got on board. And I stuck with it. I didn't read every day, but I tried really hard. And I ended up reading through the Bible in two years. That has really helped that discipline of reading your Bible, being in the Word every day, and, and not just reading it, but just really focusing on it and praying about it course drew me so so close to the Lord. I don't know, I guess this morning I was thinking about this question and I'm like, uh, spiritual disciplines in my life. And that one just immediately came to my mind is, well, reading your Bible every day is a spiritual discipline. It takes time, it takes work because you read some stuff in the Bible and you're like, What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> God, what do you mean? Old um, Testament both. um and so that's that's one. We just finished the plan, I think, in December. So after I finished the last chapter in Revelation, I was just so, so blessed to have been a part of that and thankful for how God used that plan in my life to ultimately draw him, draw me closer to him.
2: That's awesome. I'll say fasting has always been something really interesting to me. And I always used to think of it as something that's old fashioned. And I think that's because in the Bible when fasting is mentioned, usually people are also wearing sackcloth and <laughs> doing all these weird things with ashes and tearing their clothes and like all that goes together, and that's weird. But for whatever reason, fat, we, people still fast today. And growing up throughout high school, I used to do the 30-hour famine, which is where you fast for 30 hours to raise money and awareness for world hunger. And that was the only time I ever fasted. At some point when I was in college, I had a really difficult decision I needed to make. And I was praying to God and trying to get an answer or at least a direction to go. It was about a girl, by the way. So it was all new to me. And I was so confused about so many things. I felt like I wasn't hearing clearly from God. And I don't know what Put the idea in my head. Actually, probably God put the idea in my head. But <laughs> I decided to fast. I thought, since I've fasted for 30 hours before, I need to fast longer this time. So I decided to fast for 31 hours. And I decided to go, I, I grew up on a farm and we have lots of land and woods and brooks and cricks and all sorts of things. So I packed my bags and I decided to go out into the woods for 31 hours. So Told my parents I was going camping, didn't tell them I wasn't taking any food with me. And, <laughs> smart, uh, <laughs> smart. Mom would have changed that. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know where I was going, so I just wandered out into the woods, slept under the stars, spent 31 hours out there, and spent all of that time focused on God. And it was amazing how when you remove the distractions in your life, you can do a really good job at focusing on what you're Mm -hmm. trying to focus on. And so I knew there's no point in thinking about anything that was distracting me, my phone, work, school, anything like that, because I couldn't do anything about it for 31 hours. And I got a super clear answer from God, and it was a really, really positive experience. That's how I decided that maybe fasting isn't as old-fashioned as I thought.
3: Mm. Uh, When I was at Bible school, one of uh, the girls that was there decided to do a vow of silence for, I can't remember if, it it was probably like a week, I think it was. It was a really long time, I was super impressed. And that was just really interesting that she thought to do that because, you know, when you think of a vow of silence, it's like, what are you, a monk? (laughs) 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 You know, but it actually ended up being really interesting and she shared her experience afterwards, just sort of focusing on on her thought life and and trying to focus on God through it. And a really interesting thing that I hadn't heard really anyone doing before.
0: Another spiritual discipline that goes along with with ones that we might not think of as spiritual disciplines, prayer and Bible reading, is solitude removing ourselves from being around other people, making a space for silence, whether it's by a natural vow of silence or a time of fasting like you shared, with Mike. Solitude is a discipline that we see in the Lord's life in the Gospels, one that it looks like he practiced every day, starting the day by rising early and going out into the wilderness to be away from people. Not because there's anything wrong with people, but because he needs to be available to people later. He has his time that is just him and his father. And then he spends the rest of the day pouring out to the crowds and then to his disciples after the crowds and doing it all, all over again the next day. So I think solitude is a really interesting practice to keep in mind that that's actually a spiritual discipline, not being a hermit, not being a total cloistered person, but making a space for a time where there's silence, where you can hear from God. And a friend of mine practiced this in a really interesting way for his ministry as a pastor, so often pastors take something like a sabbatical and where they get away from the ministry actively for a little bit to kind of rest. Well, he decided, um, an evangelical uh, pastor, um, to spend a week at a monastery. Now, he didn't wear the robes and do all the monk things. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, he's he's an evangelical pastor. But he sought this place out as a place that is a reverent environment, a quiet, a deliberately quiet environment. And that's something that uh, was made available to him, near him at a monastery. He sought that out and was able to spend a week in quiet reflection. That was a really eye-opening and beneficial experience for him. Doesn't mean you have to find a monastery yourself, but if solitude is something that you feel like the Lord might bless you with and speak to you through, what creative ways could you find that even if it is just in a prayer closet that's a form of solitude as we go into another easter season there are all kinds of ways that the holy spirit can work on our hearts all kinds of things he can use to prepare our hearts to receive the truth and the joy and the blessing of easter into our lives again so for each of us here what spiritual discipline do you want to be challenged by and encouraged by as you prepare your heart for easter this year
2: well i don't really have an answer to that but i do have some things to say good (laughs) that's all you need so something that happens to me often is i can find myself getting into a rut where i wake up in the morning, and I read my Bible, and I pray, but I'm so distracted and unfocused, and I'm thinking, God, I want to be closer to you, but I don't feel like that's happening. I feel like I'm going through the motions, and nothing is changing, and um, we we actually had a meeting about this podcast a little bit ago, and since then, I, uh, I took some some of the wisdom that was shared on this podcast and even noticed some cool things after that. And, and it made me think like the story I shared about fasting and going out into the woods. Well, I did that once. Why haven't I done that when other hard things mm. things show up? So, so being more intentional about seeking God in specific ways. But another thing, I, I went home from that podcast meeting And the the next morning, I just asked God to show me the areas in my life that um, surely I'm not perfect. Surely there are some things that you want me to be working on. So if you could show me a couple of them and- (laughs) Just a couple, Lord. (laughs) You you have to be careful what you ask for because it's like the floodgates open and I got a book that, all right, (laughs) I I can't handle that many. I thought I was doing pretty good. <laughs> but um he showed me some some real th- things in my life that I need to be focused on just the way I interact with people and treat people the way I think of God what lies I may have been believing about God that he wanted to show me that's not true that's not how I see you or or that's not who I am as as the character of God so for Lent this year, I'm not really giving up something, but I am focusing on three of those things that I I like to say, these are the three lies that I've been believing and I'm working on not believing those lies throughout Lent. And then hopefully by the time Easter comes around, they will no longer be lies that I'll be tempted to believe.
1: That's awesome. That's so cool. I love that. That's so cool. And I, and I feel like that kind of, I have like a very similar thought because I came out of that meeting and, and felt really encouraged. And with a, a different perspective on how I wanted to approach Lent this year, because I was praying about it. And here's the funny thing. I really just felt like I, for Lent, want to just focus more on prayer, mm-hmm. um, you know, just by myself. So I'm not really fasting anything, I'm adding that spiritual discipline of really spending so much more time in prayer because honestly, you guys, I wake up in the morning, I'll grab my coffee, grab my Bible, and it's my favorite time in the morning just to be reading, and then as soon as I'm done, I close it, and I might grab my journal and jot down a few thoughts, and then it's like, oh, it's, it's 8 o'clock, i got to get ready for work, and, and then I move on, and, and I don't stop, and I, and I don't reflect as much as I want, and I don't thank God and, and tell Him things and ask Him things, and that's what He wants from us. So often, I don't treat prayer as important as it needs to be, and so that's just really been on my heart as a result of that podcast or not that podcast, that meeting. And so this morning I was like, well, I need to make five or 10 extra minutes in my morning routine to be praying by myself and not just a ramble. (laughs) It's just Mm -hmm. like, I have these specific requests I wanna bring to the Lord and these things that I want to apologize to him about and ask him to forgive me and to help me work on those things. And so that's kind of, I think, the approach that I'm going to be taking for the next 40 days, which I'm really excited to see how the Lord uses that and transforms my heart. So cool. <laughs> yeah, so you guys kind of all took my point. I was going to um,
3: that's what I went first. <laughs> mention the fact that a lot of people for Lent give up things. And I was going to point out that it's not always enough to just give up things. It's also really important to add things, spiritual disciplines, that is to your routine. Because when you take something away, that leaves a hole in yeah. your day. Right. And so what are you gonna fill it with? And that's the other half of the battle. Yeah. <laughs> it's filling it with what's actually important. And yeah, so I know I mentioned in the beginning that my family fasted from TV and movies. And I was, I was thinking about how I spend my days typically. And I'm like, hmm, I think I could probably do without some of these things (laughs) Um, (laughs) as often as as I do them. So I'm probably going to be not watching TV and movies by myself anymore. I've sort of made that a caveat because I know that there are a lot of times throughout my week where I'll be like with my family and they'll yeah. want to watch something and I don't want to be the one who's like no I can't watch anything so I've sort of made it the caveat that if I'm with other people and I'm not the one instigating it yeah. <laughs> then it's okay
0: <laughs> and your dog doesn't count as a person here
3: no no unfortunately <laughs> Sorry. unfortunately <laughs> she loves it because we just sit there and cuddle but, <laughs> but and then I also wanted to add something to my routine. So I struggle a lot with reading my Bible every day and um, I want to make that more of a routine. And I also, I have this book that's been sitting on my shelf for about five years that I really want to read. It's a devotional, it's uh, Love Does by... Uh, Bob Goff? That one, yep. I- <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I, it's been sitting on my shelf and I've been looking at it. I'm like, someday I'll read that. Um, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do it now. So yeah, so adding things and getting rid of things and all of that.
0: That's awesome. I love mm-hmm. when a theme kind of develops without us even trying to make one develop. <laughs> so cool, mm-hmm. so cool, finding a similar direction in things. And for myself, last year's Lent coincided, well, for all of us in the US with the big lockdown. Well, obviously, mm-hmm. That instance really lent itself. Ah. <laughs> no pun ah. intended. Can you believe I didn't mean to do that? I can't. It was. I'm, I'm done now. That ruined me. Um, now I can't think of another way to say that sentence. There's no other way to say
2: it. You have to
1: say it. What was it was the a sentence? conducive
0: environment. There you go. For solitude last year and for introspection and reflection. And yes, frankly, a lot of self-denial, whether we wanted to self-deny or not, we we were forced to. A lot of things were taken away last year. It made me look inside a lot. And it also made me think about outside, people who were locked down and didn't have the same connections with family they could call or didn't have the same blessings that I did. I feel like that prepared me to... Think of this Lent then as a maybe more outward focused one, more external, maybe not so much about looking inward, although that's always good to do, but looking outward and saying, what if I chose to see this as a season of added service? Again, like a lot of these things, it's stuff that maybe we should be doing all the time anyways, but this is an opportunity to focus in an additional way on things that are good for us as believers. So, i'm hoping that that's a that service is a a discipline that i'm challenged by this lent to be extra aware of the needs around me in ways i can fit them even if i don't have to even if there's somebody else perfectly qualified to do it maybe it's a good time for me to take an extra step of reaching out of lending a hand and like i think all of us are poised to do this year learn something really cool, and be ready for Easter in a really exciting way because of the ways that God has moved us to prepare our hearts this season. We're so glad you joined us for another conversation on If That Makes Sense, one of Family Life's original podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe. And if you really appreciated what you heard, we'd love to ask you to consider making a gift to Family Life. That's the organization that makes this podcast and so many other ministry outreaches possible. You can give online at fln.org. Also, we'd love to bring to your attention the other Family Life original podcasts like Therese Talk, a short-form podcast released every Tuesday where Therese Maine shares help for women to better serve their families and community. You can check that show out and others wherever you find podcasts or just go to fln.org slash podcast. Thanks again so much, and we look forward to chatting with you in the next one.